All right, thank you so much to everyone for coming tonight. I want to first and foremost thank the Sukkot, the Sukkah sponsors of the Sukkah and the meals and everything that went into this. Additionally, in no particular order, I want to thank um, Eli and Rochelle Dweck for all their involvement in decorating the Sukkah. I know it was really all Eli, uh, that's what he, he made clear to me. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you as well to uh, Alan and Rebecca Mella. I know it was all Rebecca in terms of the uh, arranging here in the Sukkah. And uh, lastly, to Erica and to Nathan Dweck, and I know it was all Erica, everything that went into the organization as well for tonight, but thank you everyone for putting this together. It's nice to see such a diverse crowd when many people are away and different people involved in different things over the course of the holiday that many different crowds and different groups were able to come together for uh, good pizza and hopefully a decent class. Uh, so uh, thank you all for coming. I'd like to, for a few moments, give you a perspective, a thought, with regards to understanding the nature of Sukkot, and specifically vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the way we might imagine it as being different or similar to Pesach. It's a topic that is often discussed. I'd like to, for a few moments, uh, suggest uh, something perhaps a little novel in the understanding of the nature of this day. I would begin with a question that's been asked for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and that is, why is the holiday of Sukkot celebrated during the month of Tishrei? It's a classic question. Anyone who addresses the holiday of Sukkot begins with that question. As far back as Harambam in his Moren Vuchim to uh, Tur in his, uh, in his uh, commentary or his uh, codification of law, to Rashbam in his commentary to the Torah, many of the greats have discussed this issue, each one providing a different angle, different perspective, as to why in Tishrei, because the question begs itself. Nisan is the month, the Torah tells us, during which we left Egypt. If Sukkot is the holiday which commemorates our travel through the desert, wouldn't it make more sense for Sukkot to be commemorated, to be celebrated during the month of Nisan? Maybe immediately after Nisan, maybe in place of Shavuot or something around that time period. After all, if we left Egypt in Nisan and we celebrate as a result Pesach then, the next appropriate holiday would be Sukkot. I'd like to not address any of those specific approaches. I'd like to give, over the course of this class, a little bit of a different flavor. Now that flavor won't go against any of the traditional approaches. It might do exactly what I'm suggesting, flavor them, give a little bit of an extra understanding to them. So that's one question I'd like to address. The second one is uh, the similarity of sorts, at least in the eyes of the rabbis, uh, between the holiday of Pesach and Sukkot. Because at first glance, they're very different one from the other. Pesach is the exodus, is the leaving Egypt. Sukkot is the travel through the desert. It's true, they're chronologically related, but fundamentally, one's about attaining freedom, and the other one's about just to travel through the desert. And yet, the rabbis in Masechet Sukkah and Dafkaf Zayin draw a link between the two. They even notice that both of the holidays are on the 15th of the month. They suggest the uh, halachic, the rabbinic methodology of Gezerah Shavah, that each one of them is on the 15th, and as a result, we learn laws from one to the other. The same way there's a mitzvah to eat on the eve, on the night of Pesach, of Tochlu Masot, so too on the first night of Sukkot, there's an absolute obligation to eat. That's a law which is derived from Pesach to Sukkot. What's the similarity between these two holidays? As I mentioned a moment ago, if anything, they seem to celebrate, to commemorate, altogether different events. Uh, eating as a commemoration of Pesach makes a lot of sense. We, at that time, ate matzah together with our Korban Pesach. As a result, for eternity, we eat matzah then. 
why is Sukkot in any way related? And as a result, sharing from the holiday of Pesach, the second issue I'd like to address. So again, number one, why during the month of Tishrei, specifically Sukkot? And number two, this similar yet dissimilar relationship between Pesach and Sukkot, I'd like to, over the course of the class, tease out some sort of meaning, some sort of perspective with regards to that. Uh, that's the uh, game plan. Those are the questions that introduce, well, the main event. The main event, really, I guess, would be addressing a question. It's if my wife Zahava was here, and she wishes she could, but she's in New Jersey tonight with the kids, got stuck there for good reasons, but she'd be the first person I could call on to answer this question. Uh, maybe Jacob. Jacob would be decent on this one. Um, so why is it, and what is it, better yet, that as Jews, as Shomre Torah Misvot, the Torah expects of us. What's our mission statement? Jacob, what do you got? Like I said, if I had Zahavi here, we'd be able to deal with this one. She'd, I'd even plant an answer of some sort. In her. You want Isaac or, or your sister? Eileen. Eileen? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so I, I imagine, and you know, this sort of question in the past would, would bother me, like, what's the purpose of such a question? We live to fulfill the Torah. I mean, so for much of my life, I ro- rolled my eyes at those sorts of questions. What's our objective? What's our mission? We follow the Torah. That's what we do. We live lives as good Jews. It took some time, maybe some time in a leadership or quasi-leadership role, to understand the significance of such a question. What I mean by that is, when planning for a synagogue, for a school, for any organization, um, events or Maybe you're donating uh, money, tzedakah. Well, where do you prioritize? What's appropriate to give to? What's appropriate to be engaged in? Should a synagogue be involved specifically with the people of the synagogue, with just Jews, with non-Jews as well? Is it appropriate for school to maybe be involved in some respect? I remember, you know, for me, the, the, the awakening in this respect was once, some time ago, not in Mikdash Eliyahu, um, I learned better before entering, I, uh, in, a, in a speech, without directly saying that I was doing so, I weighed in on a political issue. That's what I remember doing. I, I thought I had a clever way of masking my intention, talking about something political, getting it across, and I remember someone or someones came up to me after and said, inappropriate. So what do you mean inappropriate? Is it politics in a synagogue? I said, well, I I think we need to talk about mission statement. What is my mission? What's my objective? In other words, when you deal with those sorts of broader, significant questions, you're in turn able to understand how to prioritize, and more than that, what you should be laying significance to. Is it the role, so to speak, of a rabbi to do so? Is it a job of a synagogue? And so on and so forth. So that's, that's my background for my apology for asking such a question. And I think, obviously, like any other significant question of that sort, the answer needs to be multifaceted. There's not one answer to what the Torah expects of us as Jews, as Am Yisrael, as Shomrei Torah Mitzvot. I think on the one hand, the Torah expects us to be diligently connected to the Beri together with God. We have a covenant, and that's fulfilled through our steadfast commitment to community, to nationhood, to fulfillment of mitzvot, to study of Torah, and so forth. On the one hand, there's the community covenantal almost dimension. That's who we are as Jews. We are distinguished by our adherence to the will and the commandments of God. 
That's on the one hand. On the other hand, there's a broader perspective with regards to who we are as Jews, to, with regards to Am Yisrael. I was brought up in a home where certainly my mother, but my father implied it as well, would often talk about how as Jews, we need to be or lagoyim. We need to be a shining light for the other nations. That's both in, with regards to our actions, personifying Kiddush Hashem, Nathan, um, but at the same time, uh, through our direct actions. How do we affect the people around us? What do we do to better the world, the larger international global society? It means that the Torah, I believe, and I'll suggest it in a moment from where you know, we can derive that sort of perspective, uh, has a dual, very large and broad-reaching perspective and objective for us. On the one hand, we're committed to our cozy community connection to God. On the other hand, we need to change the world. That's quite the tall order, but I believe that's the objective of the Torah. In fact, uh, one of my father's uh, mentors and teachers in life, Rabbi Soloveitchik, wrote a full book on this topic. He wrote a book called The Lonely Man of Faith. In short, he suggested that the first and second chapters of Bereshit allude to these two perspectives. The first chapter in Bereshit describes Adam and Hava, or Adam being born and being mandated fill the world, change the world. Change the world, make a world a better place. God throughout that chapter is Elohim, the international God, the global God, nothing personal. We don't know his personal name. There's nothing in terms of a direct dialogue with human beings. What's your objective? What are you supposed to do? To make the world a better place, to change it. Perek Bet, the second chapter of Bereshit, is more specific. That's the story most of us are familiar with. The second chapter of Bereshit is the Garden of Eden, Gan Eden, a cozy habitat of sorts, with a commandment directly from God. Don't eat from this tree, but eat from the other trees. We would call that Torah and Mitzvot in our lives. Two commandments, two visions, two sides, really, of the same coin. So let me catch you up to date. We have started with, we want this broader perspective, what's Sukkot about? And then, if that wasn't broad enough, I took a giant step backward and said, who are we as a people? What's our life about? What are we supposed to be doing? The answer, Bereshit tells us, but so much other sources and descriptions and lives that I think everyone in this Sukkah lives teach us that we have a twofold objective. On the one hand, specific in our relationship with God and our people, on the other hand, a broader perspective and commandment and mission to change the world and better it. Not so simple always, by the way, that second one, for the business people. When I talk about this sort of thing, people say, how am I supposed to, that's one thing if I was a doctor, maybe if I was a rabbi or a teacher, but each person, I think, if they're honest with themselves, has that capability. It might not be simple, it might not be immediate, there needs to be that sort of perspective. We're not just supporting our family and community. That's what comes first. We're not just supporting Jews. We have a broader perspective as well. In truth, uh, the Pasuk at the beginning in Perik Bet of Bereshit, Pasuk Zayin, describes how uh, human beings, or the first human being was created. I think this one we're all familiar with. In chapter, in Perik Bet of Bereshit, human beings were created afar min ha'adama, from the dust of the earth. That's the way the Torah says, or the dirt of the ground. That's probably the best way to say it. Which dirt? Which ground? You mind saying? You might be right. Who cares? We're created from dirt, whatever that means, and that's who we are. Rashi quotes from the rabbis. Something strange, at first glance. 
two perspectives, two approaches. One approach to the dirt from the ground is it's the dirt from underneath the Mizbah Adama. In the future, there's going to be an altar in the Mikdash. That's where that dirt was taken from. We are effectively human beings imbued with meaning based on our origins, which is from the Mizbah. Which dimension is that with regards to our relationship with God? That's the personal one. That's who we are, our Mikdash, our connection to God, right? That's that. The other opinion says that the dirt was taken from the four corners of the world. Well, more than four corners, and especially if it's round, but it's an expression. Right? And it we're taken from all over the place, which is a different side. No contradiction here. Two sides of the same coin. Nothing I think that's too surprising for us. I think most, if not all of us, we know, maybe in the back of our minds, this is who we are. We're on the one hand, a connection to God. I follow Torah. I fulfill mitzvot. I raise my children to do so. I build my community. I'm in synagogue. I go to classes and so on and so forth. On the other hand, I'm affecting, if I do this right, all four corners of the world. All right, so, uh, you know, um, back to our game plan over here. So we had a question about Sukkot. And then this broader question, and somewhat of an answer. I'd like to suggest, now I'm, I'm, I'm revealing my cards now, I'd like to suggest that the holidays of Sukkot and Pesach, either ironically or surprisingly, or neither to you, represent those two dimensions. Uh, what does that mean? I'd like to portray this to you in the following fashion. Let's first begin with the months that they appear in. Uh, that's what we said, Sukkot is in Tishrei and Pesach is in Nisan. Let's talk about something or some things that were coronated or came about during that time period. On the one hand, in the month of Tishrei, well, let's start with Nisan. Anything from the Torah, Mar Zetuni, the month Nisan. First of Nisan is significant not only because we left Egypt on that day, but as well, you got this, Shemot Perek Mem, the Torah tells us it's the true, that's when we left Egypt, but a year later, it's the coronation of the Mishkan. Uh, so that's the Mishkan. Tishrei, not only, not the first, per se, but would you know it, the 15th of Tishrei, the Pesukim in Melachim Aleph in Perek Chet describe the coronation of a different structure, that being the structure of Shilomo, the Bet HaMikdash, was brought forth on the 15th, the holiday of Sukkot, Tishrei. Interesting. So there's something very telling about that. It means Nisan is the Mishkan and Tishrei is the Mikdash. Sukkot is Mikdash time. In truth, when we had the Beta Mikdash, what happened? I guess we could have called that even this. What they do on every night in the Mikdash over the course of Sukkot? That a Simhat Beta Shoeva, it was the time that water. we celebrated with water the temple. That's a fascinating thing on Sukkot, not on Pesach. Sukkot was the holiday of the Beit HaMikdash. That's what it was. We celebrated it with water, and we in turn, over the course of the holiday, talked about water. In fact, even the Etrog, according to many, its significance is that it's somehow related to water. Uh, much of the holiday, we're going to on Shmini Aseret, pray for water. Water is a big part of this holiday. Who's that water for? Is water only for Jews, or is the water for all? The water is mentioned in Sefer Zechariah. We read it in Haftarah two days ago. Anyone know? Well, who's the water for? In Sefer Zechariah, the Navi says, the non-Jews are going to come up to the Mikdash 
as well on the holiday of Sukkot to request and to be involved with water for themselves as well. Holiday of Sukkot is the holiday of water, but moreover, it's the holiday of the Mikdash, and the Mikdash was a place for all nations. The Mikdash was the place where we asked for water for everyone. Over the course of the holiday, the Gemara in Sukkan Daf Nun He says, there were how many bulls that were sacrificed? There were 70 parim sacrificed in the Mikdash, corresponding to, say the rabbis, the 70 nations. Mikdash was nations. Mikdash was, Sukkot was, the international holiday. It was the holiday in which we engaged with others. We invited everyone to come. The Pasuk, in fact, in Sefer Zechariah, it's a little bit of a chilling Pasuk. We read it kind of quickly as we take out the Sefer Torah uh, on the first two days of the holiday. It says that those who don't come from the other nations on the holiday of Sukkot, all sorts of terrible things are going to befall them. They're supposed to be coming. The Mikdash was a welcoming place. It was the place where we were supposed to engage with and involve others. When the Torah describes the Mikdash, in fact, again, the Mikdash being coronated in Tishrei, on the holiday of Sukkot, dimension of a majestic man, whole world, affecting everything. In fact, so uh, the Mikdash then, if we're going to, to be a little bit more specific about this, it's the holiday of Sukkot, which commemorates the Mikdash, which engages with others, which furthermore was built by whom? Pesukim and Melachim Aleph. Who built the first Beit HaMikdash? Isaac? Indeed, specifically, Hiram Melech Sidon. Other nations, would you know it? Mikdash appropriately was built by other nations. Of course it was. The Mikdash represented that side of us as a nation. The Torah in Parashat Re'eh, which describes as we understand the future Mikdash, it's the place, it's the makom which God is going to choose. The Mikdash is the place where, I guess it's appropriate, Mikdash Eliyahu, or Mikdash in some respect. Maybe that's for writing our mission statement. We have, I don't know. And, uh, you know, in other words, not Mishkan, Mishkan something else, not to negate, it's two sides of the same coin. It means, yes, Morris? Personal to That's a great question, but again, if it's two sides of the same coin, I don't know if there's per se a contradiction. Right? You might start with the covenantal side. We might start with building our family on Kippur, so to speak. And then when we move past that, maybe we're thinking broader. In truth, Sukkot is the holiday which commemorates, or rather is representative in the eyes of the rabbi, in the eyes of the Navi, future times. Sukkot and the Mikdash it's going to be the future of the people. We think about, what do we say in the Berkat Amazon? Jacob, what do we say in the Berkat Amazon? <laughs> that we should be Yosheh be Sukkat Orosha Livyatan. Oro, the leather of the Livyatan, of the Leviathan, makes me think of future times. Mars, future times is when we're comfortable enough as a nation, we start thinking about outside of ourselves as well. In Sukkot, by the way, you know, just parenthetically, when it comes to Hanukkah, I know it sounds like all over the place, but we'll, we'll ground it in a moment. Comes to Hanukkah, we count, we light one candle the first nine, two candles, and then three candles, so on and so forth. That's the opinion of Betilel. Bet Shammai says you go down. 
We rarely go down in Judaism. We're Why would you go down? Anyone know the reason that Ben Shammai supplies? What? Because the animals that were sacrificed on Sukkot, if you paid attention to the Kiriyah this morning, went down. What does Hanukkah have to do with Sukkot? What has everything to do with it? Hanukkah was the holiday of the Bet HaMikdash. Sukkot as well, historically, is the holiday of the Bet HaMikdash. Sukkot, specifically in this conversation then, is the side of the coin that we learned about in Bereshit Perek Aleph. It's the side of the coin where we as a people and as individuals realize that to live up to our potential, to maximize who we're supposed to be, means not only sufficing on building our relationship with God and with our people, but branching further. That's what Sukkot seems to be. Pesach is very different. Pesach, the month of Nisan, again, is the month of the Mishkan. Isaac, who built the Mishkan? Got this? Our nation. Our nation. More specifically, someone named Bitzalel. And the Torah says, Kol Hacham Lev. And there were women from our nation who were part of the building and the weaving as well. It was fully ours. What was the purpose of the Mishkan? Shemot Perek Kafe Ve'asuli Mikdash, says God. Ve'shachanti Betocham. And I'll dwell in your midst. Mishkan, holiday of Pesach, is about us. Who Shemot Perek Yodbet? Who ate from Korban Pesach on Pesach? Only people from our nation. No Toshav, no Sachir, no Arel Zachar. If you weren't circumcised, if you weren't really part of the nation, you were out. Sukkot, please, Fadal. Come on, never mean Fadal. But you know, then we actually meant it. All the nations should come. Pesach, no, you're really excluded. You're not a part of this. Pesach had a certain exclusivity to it. The, Mikdash, the Mishkan was built by our people. By the way, as well, there's a well-known one, the third Bet HaMikdash. The third Bet HaMikdash. Mikdash, not Mishkan. Who's going to build it? The Midrash that Rashi in Masechet Sukkan Daf Mem Aleph cites is, uh, it says, Mikdash Adonai Koninu Yadecha. Pasuk seems to describe Mikdash Adonai, the third Bet HaMikdash, Koninu Yadecha. In the eyes of Rashi and of Tosafot, God will craft and build the third Bet HaMikdash. That's right, not a Mishkan. Mishkan Ve'asuli, you need to be building it. If it's for the invitation of all the nations, well, maybe you're not building it. Maybe it'll be built from the heavens, from God. Mishkan is from you. Pesach is very much our nation. Jesse said earlier, the first of Nisan was first established as a significant day, our first Rosh Chodesh, because we left Egypt then. We got that commandment, we as a nation. Pesach, in truth, commemorates the exodus from Egypt. Sukkot, even though we remember traveling through the desert, Sukkot is really about celebration of produce. It's Haka Asif, it's Be'ospecha. Everybody's involved in that. That's not something specific to us. That's the ha- Where are we sitting right now? We're in a sukkah, which I was secluded decently, but for all intents and purposes, we're outside right now. Sukkot is the holiday when we're outside. We're looking at others. I don't know how many we're really inviting in, but we're inviting to a certain extent, in the historical sense, Sukkot was the holiday when you're outside, when you're with the others, when you're appreciating and realizing your responsibility in that respect. Pesach, 
The Torah not once, not twice, but several times tells us when we left Egypt, Pesach was a household thing. It was Sele Bet Avot, Sele Bait. You kept this very close to the family. You ate it in your home before you left. I mean, we happened to have been threatened for our lives at the time, but that's where we left. We ate it at the time because the difference between Pesach and Sukkot then is the difference between the month of Tishrei and the month of Nisan. It's the difference between the Mikdash and the Mishkan. The difference between these two holidays is very, very significant. Ironically, though, as we began, it's really just two sides of the same coin. That same coin of who we are as a people, what our responsibility is. On the one hand, I need to follow thoroughly and diligently the mitzvot. I want to draw closer to God. I'm going to do that through classes and through prayer. All right, don't change any of that. At the same time, though, when I'm looking beyond that and I have a responsibility to do so, I'm tapping into the holiday of Sukkot. I'm realizing what Sukkot can and should present for me. In truth, Maris, you should know, the Mishnah in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Zayin describes how all kol ba'e olam, all the nations of the world, all people on Rosh Hashanah have their deen, have their judgment, right? Not in the Torah, in the eyes of the rabbis, right? Kippur is not mentioned over there. And then it says, Ubahag nidonim al hamayim. And on Sukkot, there's a judgment on water everyone. It's not something specific to us. That's something that's an that's a international, global perspective. It means Sukkot then is an opportunity, is a responsibility for us to check that other side of the coin. So to understand then the month of Tishrei as an appropriate time for celebrating Sukkot, we can question and we can theorize, but at its core, of course it needs to be in Tishrei. Tishrei represents the time period during which, historically, we were turning to others, realizing, by the way, the creation of the world. When did the creation of the world take place? What, what is that? So Jesse says Aleph Nisan, and Morris says Aleph Tishrei, and Jack says Aleph Tishrei as well. Jesse, you really need to know this one. Anyone else? Yeah, Alan, you weren't there yet. You weren't there yet. Uh, so that's it. Oh, Jesse needs to know. It's a Gemaran Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Dafyod going into Dafyod. Oh, Nathan, you were with us then. Going into Dafyod Aleph. It's a dispute between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer. One opinion is Aleph Nisan. The other opinion is Aleph Tishrei. Uh, it didn't help us that much. It's two different opinions. Tosafot and Daf Kavzayin suggest they're really They're both right. Uh, it's a classic rabbinic response. They're both right. You're saying completely different things. So it says Tosafot. It kind of began the germination of a thought. It began in Aleph Tishrei, and then it came to fruition in Nisan. That's the way Tosafot articulates it. Hayom uh, harat olam, we say on Rosh Hashanah. This is when the world became impregnated. It began. It's something for all. Nisan is when it's something specific. It's for human beings. It's for us. It's when we made it our own. It means to say then, again, returning to the initial questions of why Sukkot in Tishrei, Sukkot in Tishrei, because that's the time when all of creation came about, at least in theory. Tishrei is the time of Beit HaMikdash. Tishrei is the time of rain, the time of produce out in the fields. It's the time during which we as a people 
have a responsibility to check ourselves and to decide, are we living up to being that Or Lagoyim? Are we living up to our responsibility to change and to better the world, to understand what Bereshit in the first chapter describes as our mission, our mandate? Nisan is the time where we cuddle together, is the time during which we say to one another, who are we as a people? What's our Exodus story? What's the Mishkan which we built and had and maintained? What's the uh, side of our close connection to God, our households and so forth? To understand it in such a fashion as well is to also suggest an interpretation to the rabbi's vision of these two holidays being related one to the other. So different and yet so similar. So different in the respect that they commemorate altogether different things. So different in the respect that their theme is very different one from the other. So similar though, because as I said earlier, to talk about a mission statement is to realize we have different objectives. Those are two of our major objectives. We are a people who at once realize that we need to strengthen ourselves, while at the same time understand we need to better the world around ourselves. We need to realize and understand that to just strengthen ourselves won't suffice. Sukkot is the time that we stop and commemorate and realize